0: what's going on everybody happy tuesday it's june twenty second this is the people of packaging podcast and we've got another fire episode this time with the intergalactic ambassador to the printer verse deborah corn i can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I was able to be on her podcast, which I highly recommend that you check out. We could talk about Project peacock and all the work that she 's doing for printers and for printed packaging companies throughout the world. It's really quite incredible. You don't want to miss it. A huge special thanks to Retail Aware for their support of the podcast. Retail Aware brings you in-store shopper behavior data. They help brands, retailers, and their partners track physical activity around products at the shelf level. There's going to be a link in the show notes. You can click it, schedule a meeting, get a demo of what they're doing. Data is king, and especially understanding how are your products, how is your packaging performing in the store, in the retail environment. You get that data at your fingertips right now to make better decisions, to know your products, and to know your shoppers. You can go to RetailAware.com or click the link to schedule a demo. Make sure you go and do that today. Now, without further ado, let's hear... From the Intergalactic Ambassador, Deborah Korn. Everybody, it's time it has happened. The worlds have collided, and I get to interview the one and only the Intergalactic Ambassador to the Printerverse. If you don't know Deb, you're about to get to know Deb. Uh, do do you uh, Deb or Deborah? I don't I don't
1: uh, either is fine. I don't Deborah. want to assume
0: that the shortened name, because some people are like, you know, it's Timothy, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I did not mean to. So, Deborah.
1: Yeah, Deborah or Deb works. Debbie. Okay. It reminds me of myself in, you know, with pigtails as a child, so I try to avoid that one.
0: All right, we'll go. We'll go with Deborah. Uh, yeah. I'm joined by Deborah Corn on the People of Packaging podcast. Deborah, you're going to do a much better job of kind of introducing who you are. And we were talking about pre-call when, when you host podcasts and you, you certainly host a podcast and we're going to dive into that when you host them, you don't get interviewed a lot. And, and so you, you probably don't get a chance to really talk about who you are and what you do. So I'm excited to be on this side and allow you to, you know, spread your peacock feathers and, <laughs> um, and share about all that you're doing because you're doing great work in the printing and packaging industry. And um, I'm just elated that you'd be on. So thanks for joining us. And why don't you give the packaging audience a little glimpse into who is the intergalactic ambassador to the Printerverse, Deborah Korn.
1: Uh, first of all, Adam, thank you so much for having me. I am an avid listener of your show. That's actually how we connected to begin with. And, uh, I really do appreciate this opportunity, uh, to also, you know, uh, speak with your audience because you're right as a podcast host. Uh, you know, you interject your stories when it's possible, but the goal is to make the other person shine. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's my, chance and I will I will definitely take it's it. If your so, turn to shine, um, let's do it. Yay! Um, as you mentioned, I am the self-proclaimed intergalactic ambassador to the printerverse. I started my career in um, advertising agencies. I was a pr- print production, uh, started off in traffic, worked my way up to the director of production, lost my job, opened up a LinkedIn group, I turned that into a website and um, uh, what I like to say I do is uh, provide inspiration and resources to print and marketing professionals uh, through my website, printmediacenter.com. And then I also am involved in a lot of community initiatives and community building around topics that are important to the industry um, and around uh, topics that are important to the future of the industry as well. Um, and uh I do that through podcasts. I do that through uh online education through in person events uh can't wait to get back to those. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with companies to help them uh, strategically develop successful content sales marketing relationships with customers. I always say I'm not in the sales business. I'm in the relationship business. If you can turn that into a sale, which I define as an, when a need and a relationship meet, fantastic, but I focus on the relationship part. So I have my fingers in a lot of pies, mm-hmm. but ultimately it all comes back to you know helping people do the best they can with the tools that are available to them and uh, you know, staying on track with their messaging and their marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and there's obviously there's a bunch of different places that we can go. I think we've. It's funny because I think we've sort of traveled parallel paths without knowing one another until probably what a year ago ish when we started. Of- it was
1: 2019. Well, it's it's so odd because like 2020 is just like a gap year. It's
0: like it never
1: happened. I actually believe it was 2019 we met.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, and you know anything? There's like, there's like BC time is like before COVID. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't, I don't really have much recollection of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was, it was a really fast slow year. But whenever it was, it seems like it was fairly recent, and and it's interesting that we had never really connected because you and I both share, we'll call it common values when it comes to how do we use current. Marketing platforms to serve and elevate the industry, not just our own personal interests, right? And where you were primarily in printing, and I was in packaging. Of course, they they merge fairly fairly easily, right? The the printing and packaging worlds. Not all packaging is printed, and not all printing is packaging. Obviously, but there's a lot of printed packaging.
1: Yes, uh, I think. I think ultimately, I would say that I'm in the the like the smaller run, digital folding carton, corrugated realm, and not in the actual packaging realm. You know, like I uh, don't really you know speak to the people who put cereal in boxes. You know, yeah. Uh, but yeah. if they want to put. Uh, you know, candles in boxes or, you know, things like that. I guess, uh, you know, more of the shift that went on in the commercial side of the industry to get into what they refer to as packaging, mm-hmm. but after being to Drupa and seeing those actual packaging presses and being to like a real packaging printer, I just remember standing there going, "Oh, that's why these worlds don't exactly come together." They're in this world of robots and automation and oh, yeah. uh, you know food safety and all and injection molding and all these things that you know the commercial world doesn't really touch, uh, but. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the similarities are that v- besides being a protection device, it's also a communications device. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, I believe the inters the overlap
0: happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there was, and I think there still is a shift for a lot of these commercial printers to say, well, commercial printing for marketing purposes and direct mail kind of ebbs and flows. I, I'm of the personal belief that, direct mail, similar to, uh, you know, like, like I have, I have a record player now in my office, and I enjoy listening to records, even though I can listen to almost anything I want through a streaming service. I really enjoy the experience. I, I do think that some of these older marketing strategies like direct mail for commercial printers are are probably going to if they're not already seeing a small uh, kind of recovery and renaissance however i do i know of a, quite a few direct or uh, um, commercial printers who were like I, we need to get into packaging because packaging tends to be m- a lot more predictable you know it's you're not going to experience these wild swings in marketing uh, that a lot of them that a lot of them have and and i think that's been with mixed reviews would you say that that some of them get into it and they're like oh this is way harder
1: than yeah. we thought I mean, a hundred percent, uh, you know, I, it's one thing to buy a piece of technology. It's another thing to create a business around it Mm. and to create a service around it and to create a supply chain around it, you know, which might be uh completely different. Um, and I agree with you, you know, if we buy it, they will come is probably not a great strategy with a million dollar or $2 million piece of equipment. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, deciding whether or not you want to get into quote unquote packaging, you know, and that's why I say quote unquote packaging, because, you know, again, there's consumer packaging and then there's, you know, the packaging that commercial printers can, can manage, you know, Mm -hmm. and that could be something like a, it could be a subscription box. That's Mm -hmm. totally manageable. Um, It could be, uh, you know, like I mentioned, going to the farmer's market and seeing that there are people there who are producing things that uh, or uh, that may have an opportunity for there to be nicer branding. You know, it doesn't need to be in a baggy twist tie thing or whatever. You know, we can come up with some affordable solutions, Uh, you know, even as a protection device, there is certainly enough of the wide format machines that uh, Mm -hmm. can take thick or substrates, and you can use the those cutting tools to cut out packaging. So I think that we MacGyver it more on the on my end. Although there are technologies from uh, you know printing companies out there that you can be a small printer, uh, small smaller size printer, and print pouches and print uh, the other things. But who are going to be your clients now? Yeah, in kind of in my, in my space, uh, you know, the, the lowest hanging fruit there is the cannabis Mm -hmm. market. Mm -hmm. There, there are, if you can get into some of these dispensaries, uh, you know, that is the right volume. That is the right size. That is the right stuff that they're looking for. You know, again, knocking on, uh, you know, uh, Nabisco's door, maybe not going to work out for you, but, you know, again, talking, talking to, you know, there's a lot of retail recovery going on right now, a great time for rebranding. People definitely were, are trying to save on money, you know, just look at a restaurant or something like that, you know, and what are they putting their takeaway food in, you know, that's a perfect opportunity for a small folding carton packaging. It is packaging,
0: right? Yep. Uh, And even like short run labels to go on, you know, standard things and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, people are still giving, uh, you know, things in plastic bags. And, you know, and uh, I really believe the one and done is over now. And uh the millennials and certainly the Gen Zers are going to push sustainability through the roof. And, you know, it's a great time to get into paper-based anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned something and I, I kind of want to pivot just slightly um because I, I want to cover this. I think it's important. You mentioned If it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just matter if you buy the technology, it's how you use it. And I think that there's a lot of people that think, well, all I have to do is start a podcast, or all I have to do is start a website, or all I have to do is have a LinkedIn profile and make a few posts or whatever it might be. It's like the technology is the same, but how have you taken technology? Cause you don't own like a printing shop, right? Like you don't own printing presses, you own media and media assets, I guess would be a way mm-hmm. of putting it. And you were really, you know, you are the intergalactic ambassador, meaning you were the first person to say, I think there's something out here, uh, whether on purpose or accidentally. And I want to hear the story about how you decided to start a podcast, but, but you're out there and you, and you put yourself out there and, it's, it's a little, it, I'm sure it's, it's been a little lonely to be out there, to be honest. And, and now I think we're starting to see more and more people say, oh yeah, I think, I think there are things out here. So what was that journey like for you to, you know, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit that you were, you know, you were, you were unemployed. And so you started this thing and then this thing turned into this and this. has has mm-hmm. it just kind of been following these paths or what, what was that like to all of a sudden find yourself with, you know, arguably the most popular podcast in the printing industry, uh, just, you know, how, how did that, how did that occur? I'm, I'm, I still have a few gaps that I'd like to hear those stories. Okay.
1: Um, You know, I think intention and motivation are really important. And you mentioned that before, you know, if you're only out for yourself, uh, then I think that's going to shine through. And, you know, to, to your point, I don't own equipment. I'm not a printer. I'm not I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. But what I was and still have the mindset of is a print customer. And I was finding myself on the end of these conversations with printers and i'm like oh my god you just bought a new press and you're basically telling me this fits here and then this turns here and this runs here and then it goes this fast and i'm like looking at you with my eyes glazed over going my god i don't care how that thing works just show me what i can do with it show me you know show me what what is possible mm. and um those conversations were just not being had um, there was this sort of knowledge gap that was missing from, uh, I I sell a press, I buy a press, and now I'm going to regurgitate those reasons why I bought the press to the people I want to use it, and it, it just it really didn't work. Um, so I. Sort of, you know, came out of the who's going to care anything I ha- what about what I have to say, uh, which did, you know, take a while to get over everybody out there. So don't, don't, um don't think it's I say it, I say it lightly. But what I but what I realized was that if I authentically just spoke about what I truly believed and what I truly felt and what I knew, and I didn't try to pretend I knew other things or go into some technology lane that, that I mean, I don't uh, talk about it. It's so funny. You know, I say to people, I've been doing this for 12 years. At any point, I could have found out how a press works, but I still don't because i don 't care, it is not an insult it, it is really important for everyone to hear what i 'm saying and you know and uh, you know focus on applications, focus on business results that can be generated with this piece of technology so knowing I had worked on that, my personal brand for many years, and uh, i was, um, you know, used to do this thing called the averse at a trade show called Graph Expo. And it was uh, uh, basically, you know, I put on... Um, free education. And I had all the manufacturers in there up on panels talking honestly with people. I wasn't there to help them push forward their corporate messaging. I was there to help everyone understand Mm -hmm. the vision of this company. If they were going, if regular people out there, which I consider myself, you know, part of the people um, were going to invest $2 million in a press, you know, what was going on with this company? So, one day I was in my house and I was watching something on my YouTube channel and I walked away and I was, you know, I could kind of hear something going on in the background. And I'm like, wow, that's a really interesting conversation about printing. What is that? You know? And I walked into my office and I was like, Oh my God, it's me. And these people on these panels. And I was like, okay you don't have to watch it because I had live streams. So I had recorded videos of all, mm-hmm. all the thing. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. These are just as valuable listening to them. I don't really need to see what these people look like or what I look like. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I can make this a podcast. And in 2000, uh, 2018 I launched podcast from the Printverse. And and uh, there's over 400 episodes. Now I just checked uh, this morning and it's like 135,000 downloads in 136 countries. And, it, you know, it makes me really happy. But that's sort of how it all all came about. And I have different, it kind of like, outgrew, it, it, you know, it, it outgrew my original intention, you know, to, to just uh, because, uh, you know, more people wanted to be involved. And then I wanted to be able to segment the programs uh, so I could have certain guests and talk about certain things. So, you know, now I have podcast is the printer versus like what you would search for on your podcast app or your player. Yeah. And then in there, there are different like series of programs that have their own stream of podcasts.
0: Yeah. And have you found, I, I have been just blown away by podcasting and, and mm-hmm. when I tell people who ask me about it, I'm like, it's, you literally need your cell phone. That's all you need. It's a, there's free apps. You can create a podcast. You can upload it for free. It's not hard to start a podcast, just like it's not hard to start a LinkedIn profile or it's not hard to start a LinkedIn group. That's all easy. The hard part is having the discipline, the desire and the dedication to keep producing it. And and to have it. This part wasn't as hard for me, but I can see where if somebody came into it with selfish motivations to to have it always be about serving either you know an industry or serving an audience and providing value and not being up there and being like, hey, I'm Deborah Korn, I'm the Intergalactic Ambassador to the Printerverse. Here's five, here's 15 reasons why I'm awesome, but I'm gonna right. code those reasons in some kind of an interview. Those podcasts don't ever work because nobody wants to listen to a whole bunch of marketing pitches. We get them, we're inundated with them all the time, right? And, and it's almost like the podcast world is a place where we can go and relax, and listen at our own leisure, and learn about cool stuff, right? That's what I, that's why I listen to podcasts, Mm -hmm. whether it's religion, and philosophy, or sports, or printing, or packaging, or business, or cryptocurrency, or blockchain. Like, I just, I, it's this great treasure trove of information, and it's all free. It's fantastic. So um, kudos to you. 400 episodes is is, is not easy no. at all <laughs> it's out
1: of control it really is i think i i've recorded maybe six or seven podcasts this week alone
0: yeah that is uh, and but do you find it do you find it though that while you say it's out of control the more that i do podcasting honestly the more i enjoy it and the more people i find the more mm-hmm. that now people are, I don't have to go out and search for people anymore. Mm-hmm. I just start getting requests, saying, can so-and-so be on it and so-and-so be on it. Uh, the amount of people who actually, who think that they have to pay me to be on the podcast is surprising. They're like, well, how much does this cost me? And I'm like, 40 minutes of your time, whatever that's worth. But I'm not, I'm not asking you as a person to give me money to be on my podcast. So. Anyway, I, I just find it to be fascinating and you know, quite frankly, we don't I don't get to talk to a lot of other podcasts so so it's
1: just to be clear, I do monetize some of my podcasts. They yeah. are, they are paid for by uh you know, the bigger corporations, the people who um are using it as a marketing channel and Correct. I am a—I am that is the role I serve for the industry. But yep. I would also say this, in a lot of ways I feel like I'm that Um, actor who does those blockbuster movies so that they can do those indie movies where they make no money. um, Of all of the um, podcasts that are sponsored or supported in some way, I really use uh, that money to do all of the other episodes that I don't charge people, that I want these smaller startup companies to have an opportunity to tell people that they're out there. And that's really all that I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why I have a a, a nice audience Mm -hmm. for them because I am not trying to shove products down people's throats. I'm just trying to say, this is out here. This is the vision of the company. This is what they, how they say it can help your business. And if you think that that's right for you, here's someone you can talk to right and leave that entire decision on the listeners and and of course i'll ask follow up questions uh answer follow up questions if if i'm asked them on 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 social media or help people connect but i i you know i think that that you know it's really you know to your point uh you know last year was really interesting for me because I have to say in one sense, I was like, okay, all my work online is about to pay off because now the whole world is coming online and right. all lines, all roads lead to me. Right. Yep. Big mistake. thinking, thinking <laughs> that. Because what happened? Everyone was like, well, I can do it myself. And to your point um, you know, while i don't suggest people record podcasts on their phones or anything like that it is totally possible mm-hmm. it is it is completely possible but the problem with that which is something else you mentioned that i want to echo who wants to hear a company talking about themselves right nobody and it's very hard to disguise that um unless you really are for example your your printer and you only have designers on talking about design, and maybe you put one commercial for your print shop in the middle of it, but the minute they that printer interjects themselves and says, but wait, we can help you do that, you know, or anything like that, it changes the meaning of the podcast. So, you know, if it's infotainment, you know, that's mm-hmm. one thing. If it's a sales pitch, it's another thing. So um, just because you have a microphone or just because you have a social media account, doesn't mean you're a marketing person. Doesn't mean you're a Uh, a person who can um, actually carry on a conversation in in a way that is conducive to this medium. I know plenty of people who write in a way that I ask them to edit everything I'm looking at, but they cannot be on a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, you cannot just answer like with three words, like, no, You, you need to stretch it and you need to provide information that is beneficial to the listeners as your primary goal, not what's beneficial to yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely, you know, you talked a little bit about how millennial and Gen Z generations by and large, and of course we're overgeneralizing when we say these things, right? There are like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm technically a millennial, uh, but I'm also are you under 40. So I am 40. So I'm like right on the okay, line. You're, of okay, like, I'll count you as millennial. I, I think I heard Xennial was the phrase that I heard. Like no. i I have like Gen X tendencies, but then I also have millennial things going on. I don't whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I'm me. All right, everybody. Yeah. That's who I am. But in when when you talk about sustainability being something, I also think that authenticity and transparency are two other areas that are tied into sustainability mm-hmm. that people are going to want. And so you will be sniffed out. And and publicly blasted if they find out that all you are about is yourself and your bank account and your EBITDA and all of that stuff. If that's all you're doing is you're secretly trying to serve, but you're really not serving. You you are only serving for the end goal, which is your which is your own money. Yeah. that that can happen that that will in all likelihood you know this is all based on a lot of servant leadership principles that are millennia old but it, it you you will in all likelihood be more successful but if that is your end goal it's a weird thing i don't think you're going to accomplish it especially as millennial and gen z b2b buyers and b2b decision makers are starting to make up the majority of b2b decisions whether it's on commercial print, or printed packaging, or regular packaging, or whatever it might be, um, finding ways to be authentic, and transparent, and sustainable are, you you can't, it's almost like it's going to become table scraps here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything you just described is self-serving, not, you know, not selfless. And, uh, there are, especially since last year, a lot of options. Uh, if we just look in the, in the printing space alone, all of a sudden there's all these podcasts out there and I, I, I champion them. I, I, mm-hmm. I applaud people for doing them. I don't, uh, you know, feel threatened by, by them. But I have to say in the same sense, some of the people that used to actually support my podcasts are like, well, you know, we did it. We had a contract last year, but we're actually doing it ourselves this year. Uh, so, it, you know, it's not great for my business, but I'm not like, well, you're never going to make that happen or anything like that. I mean, they've got to do them, but I have to tell you that even some of those people come back to me and they're like, Can we, you know, we want to do some more work with you, and then I'll help them promote their podcast through through my podcast. Mm. So I still think there's ways to to work with people. But at the end of the day, um, you're right, I, sometimes I give I don't, I don't even make it through like the first 15 minutes and I'm like, Oh, my God! This podcast is all about this company it's not yeah. really a podcast. It is just they about us on their website in an audio form right it is It is like what am i what it's not what's in it for them, but it's what's in it for me and even if it 's about them, then it has to be what's in it for me working with them. But mm-hmm. if they don't make it about the audience, I just don't think that you know those things are going to be around very long. Um, And, you know, yeah, it crowds the space for people like you and I who do do this, uh, you know, authentically or from a different place, um, you know, coming from it. I mean, full disclosure, you work at a a company. So Mm -hmm. your podcasts say sometimes this episode is sponsored by Fortis, but I don't, you're not talking about Fortis in those, in those podcasts, you're talking about the subject and your company is championing that space, and that yeah. is really how it should be done authentically.
0: So, yeah, let's, let's hang out there for a second, and this, maybe this will be kind of our last point, because I think this is really crucial, what you just touched on, which is the, the, the combination of corporate marketing, corporate branding, with now the emergence, and I would even say it has emerged, of personal branding. And, mm-hmm. and for, especially for industries that are, we'll call them more old school and traditional, mm-hmm. like printing and packaging, uh, mm-hmm. you know, manufacturing and printing. We have, we've been around since the 1400s, you know, packaging has been around for ever, like going all the way back to like ancient Egyptians and Mayans where we, you know, you would find like clay and stuff like that. So these are very, very old industries and, and so how do you encourage companies and people who are wanting to build a personal brand to i don't want to say coexist but to be mutually beneficial to one another is is that a question that comes up with for you a lot because you are a personal brand you you are a personal brand right mm-hmm. you have you have succeeded in that and you work with very large printing companies, printing manufacturers, and you, and you help them out, I'm sure, on some level. So are you having those conversations? Or if you're not, maybe even think through what would be some suggestions you would give to a person listening to this who is like, I'm a press operator and I really believe in the power of personal branding. Take like the guy, uh, what was his, um, the guy who's mixing inks, for Sherwin Williams and coming up with, a, did you see this story? Yeah, this is a while ago. So they, I'll just cue you in here real quick. So there was this dude who was like a paint mixer at I think it was Sherwin Williams, and he would go on TikTok and he would show all these cool ways.
1: I did, and then Sherwin Williams told him to get off TikTok, right? They said, "Yeah, you can't,
0: you can't do that. Yeah. You can't be, you can't do this." And he had millions of followers yeah. on TikTok. I and do he was remember like, this, yeah. And he went and worked for a small. Yeah, you know, paint company in Florida. And I was like, Oh, that, that small paint company got it. Yeah. And, and I had people, like I posted a story and people were like, well, he didn't follow the rules. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But well, if you know, if, if they do it for him, then they had to do it for everyone. And I'm like, yeah, but there are exceptions. There are ways to navigate and be malleable. I would imagine. They didn't have to fire the guy. Right. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. So, you know, for the, for the paint mixer, who's like, I really value, like I wanna build a personal brand on TikTok or LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, or right. whatever it is. What would be some advice that you would give to them and also the, the companies that they would work for?
1: First of all, if you're a company and you want to have in employee, let's say spokespeople or personalities, you know, foster that, you know, put a put out an open call, hey, we want to start a podcast who's interested in, uh, you know, helping us create some programming around what we do and, and how we help our customers. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, Sherman Williams is a, is a, is a corporation. So, you know, we got to put that to the side because they're always going to have 19 floors of lawyers that you have to deal with and, you know, whatever. Sure. I mean, on the same sense, if this gentleman with the TikTok just didn't mention the brand of paint he could have, he could be still being right. on, on doing it right now. So going back to this press operator or somebody else who's a person, uh, even if you work at a company, if you want to create a, a personal brand separate from the company, you know you want to talk about you. The, the thing I would suggest first is what is it that you want to talk about and to me you want to talk about the topics that are most beneficial to the audience that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. The secondary end of that is to be uh, come up with topics that are beneficial to the people that the people listening to your podcast want to attract. So mm. in other words hi uh potential customer b I, just want to tell you, I listened to this great podcast about packaging for Adam, where he was talking about you know sustainability. And I know you're really into that. So I just wanted to share that with you.
0: Yeah. That becomes other, a valuable O-N-P, tool. Other or no, OPN, other people's networks is is a is a huge component. That's a it's such a it's such an underutilized aspect and such a great point. Sorry, I didn't mean to disrupt your flow, no, it's okay because it, intergalactic it's intergalactic
1: flow. It's okay, but but that is, you really have to come out of the self, self-serving space to see that, you know? Mm-hmm. So for, for exa- a, a clearer example, if you're a printer, share information with your design customers about design, not about printing. Yeah, you know, introduce them to to a really cool print designer or, uh, you know, look at, uh, uh, you know, introduce them to someone who's doing origami, you know, or just something really cool and have that those end users think of you as a really cool resource for information. Yeah. And then again, as I said in the beginning of this podcast. To me, a sale is when a need and a relationship meet. If you're feeding the relationship part, if you're feeding the education part, when they have a need, I know as a print customer, I want to work with the people who teach me things, but don't harass me about things, yeah you know, and then because I also feel more comfortable, I feel more comfortable asking questions, I feel more comfortable like because I can reference something in this particular piece of content you said this, can you elaborate a little more mm. or Are you, you're, your your i watched I came to your webinar and i don't understand this one point, so it 's Easier to open up a dialogue. And I say that because, and again, I'm not trying to generalize, but the younger end of the millennials and the Gen Zers who are now working, uh, entering the workforce, they don't necessarily like talking to people, you know. Face to face, or even on Zoom, but they prefer, you know, written communication or listening to it or uh, engaging on social media, asking a question there, even if it's a private message. So I just think you need to understand what your motivation is, what your goal is, and then if you um, and and authentically, like you're never going to hear me talking about how a press works. <laughs> I mean, I think half my audience would be like, who, who is that on that podcast? Because it's right. it's not Deborah Korn. Um, but um, I think if you, if your ultimate goal is truly serving the audience and you have an authentic topic and you have some knowledge, or, you know, people who have some knowledge, like I do, I don't know, mostly I don't know a lot of anything about the printing industry, but you know what I do know all the people who do know exactly. everything about it. And that's why I have a podcast. I bring them in and say, tell everybody about this new trend with QR codes and interactive packaging. And uh, you know, you mentioned it before, direct mail is a hundred percent having a resurgence, but if everyone's doing the same postcard, how do we elevate that? How do we right. take that to the next level? And that's where, interesting conversations can come in personal brand brand comes into that
0: too yeah no that is it's i I mean i obviously think you're spot on and and the other thing that i would just add on tack on to the end of that is it's not a quick game there is Mm -hmm. no way to there there are things that you can do but i'm sure it's the same way for you this has been six years now in the making, I mean, six years ago was when I, I was, was when I said, I'm going to learn everything I can about LinkedIn, not thinking I was going to start a podcast, right? Not thinking I would be, you know, hosting things on clubhouse and you know, doing all of this stuff. I didn't know about any of that stuff, but I did know that I saw what was happening on LinkedIn. And I said, I need to learn all about this. And I dove in, I learned and I posted a bunch of stuff that nobody cared about. Mm-hmm. Nobody and it was you know might not have been very good. I've written articles that not as that like five people read right, and I think a lot of people give up. They're like, "Well, this personal branding crap doesn't work," because we're so we're such a like. I go online, I order something, it shows up at my house. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with authenticity. You can't do mm-hmm. that with trust. You can't do that relationships, and you can't do that with personal branding. There's no way, and I think with corporations. It's so important for them to recognize that this is not a, you know, you tell somebody to go on to start a podcast, and all of a sudden you have a million dollars coming in. That's not how right. it works. It's it is a slow grind. It's a crock pot. It's not a microwave, right? It's <laughs> totally. it, there's, you got to turn it on and you got to let it mm-hmm. simmer, and you're you can't maybe see what's going on until four, five, six, ten. 15, you know, what, what is this going to be like for us in 20 years? You know what I mean? Because there are people who in 10 years will finally be like, oh, maybe there is something to this. And you and I are going to be going, yes, you and I are going to be going, we've been here for a decade or longer and we're we're already out here. And so I, I, I'm, I'm very bullish on the fact that people will always want to connect with people not necessarily with corporations, but corporations can empower their people uh, to inspire and change and cultivate, which is why I think you and I are also, that that principle, I think, is what also brings us together on issues like, uh, you know, diversity, equality, and inclusion initiatives, because we're saying it's not just about the same people saying the same things. It's about bringing in all sorts of voices into your company and then empowering those voices to go out and and share and, and gain traction. And, and they go, well, yeah, but what if they leave? And it's like, yeah, but what if you treat them like, like a number and they stick around? Isn't that miserable? Like why don't you want to have engaged people who are who are putting in the work and creating cool content and bringing in all this valuable life perspective that you never would have gained if all you did was just hire all your buddies from the country club. So, um, you know, I I think that all of this stuff kind of goes together and and is, is critically important. So last question, and I want to give you a chance to talk about all the rad stuff that you're doing uh, in terms of just either print initiatives and virtual trade shows. And obviously we've talked about your podcast and your website and, You've got some other, you know, kind of cool altruistic things going on. So I want you to plug away. Oh this is Deborah's time to sell. No, I you don't have to sell. But I just want people to be aware of all the rad stuff that you got going on because I don't think everybody knows about it. Well, I really appreciate
1: that. And just to say something about uh your last comment. um, I truly believe an audience is built one person at a time. And I just focus on that next person who might be interested in anything I have to say or anything I'm putting out into the world. And I'm not looking for a thousand people, you know, they come one at a time. And as long as I serve them, they Mm. will continue to come and they will tell somebody else about it. And that's pretty much how I have, uh, you know, managed to uh, get to get to this space. Uh, As far as You know, everything I do, I would just want to say the easiest thing to do is go to PrintMediaCenter, C-E-N-T-R dot com. And uh, just because it says, you know, experience the printiverse where it does explain uh, some of the initiatives I'm involved in. But um, the thing that is currently going on right now is an initiative I call Project Peacock, which was uh, started in 2017 as an in-house roadshow to brands and agencies to show them the cool things you can do with print, uh, because they got left far behind, uh, when the, uh, print industry kind of shifted from offset to digital printing, you know, they spent a lot of time talking to themselves, but no one was talking to the end users about what was possible in the world. And, you know, back to, you know, the, my origin, I was like, excuse me, no one knows that this exists. You know, you're you're talking about inkjet, but every time I talk to a brand they're they're asking me why I'm talking to them about the the printer desktop printer, you know, in their office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody knows what's going on. So Project Peacock uh, is uh, currently a platform. It, it was, at first it was in-house agency visits, then it was uh, print fairs in, in five different cities. Um, in 2019, we had our Corona year, but I didn't want uh, it to um, not happen this year. So I created a platform. So on the platform, um, I, I kind of frame it around, get Intel, get part, get samples and get partners. Don't search Google, search Peacock. A lot of the print customers have, you know, they're not in their office. They're, uh, you know, maybe don't have access to their buying systems or for whatever reason. I was talking to them and finding that a lot of people were searching for research resources on Google. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get bad resources. But I don't think the print industry really wants people with $120 million budgets asking Mr. Google how, uh, you know, to help them find a product. <laughs> right, printing right. partner. Uh, yeah, no. Or asking it, um, you know, what are the trends in direct mail? Because here's a little tip. Google is going to give you the most popular result, which could be from 2015. You know, it's not not really going to help anybody. So. Project Peacock is now a resource platform. It's open 24-7. We also have online networking and education events. Um, the next one coming up is actually July 15th. It's Project Peacock Packaging. So uh, this is couldn't be better timing. I, I appreciate so much. You're actually going to be doing a session there. Yeah. Fortis, uh, Fortis has a booth on the platform. And again, if you just go to printmediacenter.com, you could register uh, and find out everything from there. One other thing I I want to mention, I mean, I host a a weekly, I co-host a weekly print chat on Twitter called Print Chat. It's put almost 2 billion impressions uh, about print into the, what I call the printiverse uh, since 2014, when we could start tracking hashtags. But we actually started, I actually took over uh, from Quad this hosting in 2011. And except for holidays, uh, we do it weekly. Uh, mm-hmm. Girls Who Print is uh, my initiative to um, help empower women, uh, 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 the women of print. Uh, we do that through um, education. We do that through networking. And we do that through a really successful mentorship program. We have a women's only LinkedIn group. There's almost 8,000 global members in it now. And I'm really proud. There's actually a Girls Who Print podcast. I'm really, I'm really proud of everything that I've accomplished there. And now, um, I I'm girl number one, uh, Kelly Malazzi is girl, number two, and Sherry Robertson is now girl number three. So we're growing our little girls who print army there as far as uh, leadership. And also I'm trying to develop something I could pass to the next person. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be uh, doing this forever. And I want to grow, you know, the next generation of leaders for the industry. Um, the Last thing I uh I really want to mention, uh, besides International Print Day, which I, I don't know if I told you I started an international holiday, <laughs> but I did. It was actually recognized by the United Nations. Uh it's very, it's very odd, but um International Print Day is 25.
0: Like, I just yeah. started off. I just started one.
1: I know, because it's really I laugh every time I think of it, but it is actually celebrated. Um, I mean, on every continent, but Antarctica. And I guess if I can teach the penguins how to tweet, uh, you know, we can we can get that going. But, um, you know, it's again, you could learn about that on the website. But the last the really last thing I want to talk about is something that you and I I have in common, um, which is my Elevate Print initiative, mm-hmm. which is raised your game, raise the industry. And it is tied into everything about business growth, industry growth, industry sustainability, workforce development, how that is tied to diversity, equality, and inclusion, and how important it is, just like you said, to get out of this echo chamber Mm. Of the same people saying the same things and the same type of people, uh, you know, being on panels and being on covers of magazines. I'm not saying any of these people do not have value. I'm not. But I can tell you that I've heard from this, these people, the same people, year after year after year after year. And I think that I'm very fortunate that I now am in a position where tactfully, I can request, you know, is maybe can we get a little deeper in your bench, you know, do you have someone else we can, you know, speak with, you know, mm-hmm. again, being very tactful about it, because, you know, somebody shouldn't be disqualified, you know, for from speaking, or uh, just because of, you know, maybe they're a white person or, or a, a gentleman, uh, you know, uh, the same reason that someone shouldn't be disqualified if if they're not that, you know? Right. So what I what I learned is that it was really up to me to seek out people. Uh, they weren't necessarily going to come to me um, for, for for many, many reasons. And, um, you know, that's that's actually how we hooked up, because um, I knew that you were doing, doing this already. You were, you were seeking out new voices. And I wanted to, I wanted to, um, you know, work with you in some manner that somehow we could cross pollinate and, you know, make sure that these new voices got as much exposure as possible. At the end of the day of all the women, minority and black business owners I've spoken to since last year, I think the consensus is the best way we can help them is actually to help them get business. Yeah. And the best way I can do that is to give more visibility, more exposure, more reach and awareness. And then I just stay out of the, uh, you know, the the conversations that open up doors to points of view that I don't want to be part of, you know? Um, but if I keep it in a business conversation, I think, you um, it makes more sense to everybody why it's so important and especially again I'm, I'm sorry I got to go back to my gen zers who I love more than more than anything in the younger end of the millennials they are literally intolerant to in, intolerance and so are the brands so if you're working if brands or agencies are out there making statements about you know how they feel about social issues and their vendors are not uh, mirroring that it, that relationship is going to be severed. So again, business relationship, but it's based in authenticity Mm -hmm. and walking the walk. You know, it's, it happens to be June right now. It's pride month. We see a lot of logos, rainbow logos all over the world. That's great. That's, you know, uh, certainly five years ago that wouldn't have happened, but what are they doing every other month of the year? You know, that is what the Gen Z's and the millennials are watching. So, uh, you know, do what you need to do to bring these voices in, but just make sure that it's it's really a an authentic thing that you want to do for your company, for for your growth, for whatever it uh, you know end goal you have in mind. But you can't just do it as a trend and then not do it. You'll get blasted for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and kudos to you for ensuring that this podcast episodes episode drops in the month of June. So well done, Dev. I, I Deb, thank I, you. I, I really you you're you are a true professional by just you know just just time stamping it. You're like you know what I know how this works. <laughs> it's a, it's such a great point. I mean, all of your points were were so valuable. Um, you know, don't search Google, search Peacock if you're looking for uh, some cool, innovative printing. Everybody, go to Print Media Center, which is spelled C N T R dot com. I'll have that C E N T R. Oh, just I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, no, it's
1: okay. It's
0: just missing the e at the end. That's right. That's right. C E N. Okay, my mistake. C E N T R. I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes and everyone can click it. And then also on LinkedIn when this goes live. Uh, I, I just I love the work that you're doing, and you're just going to continue to do it. And I'm I'm happy to even just be in in the same orbit in the in the uh, intergalactic sphere. Uh, where you are, so thanks for coming on the podcast and for just sharing so many incredible truths with us and the things that you're passionate about. I'm I'm happy to have been able to interview you. It's like you said, you don't get interviewed all that often, and uh, you should be. You're you're uh, you're just a, a, an amazing resource for the world. So appreciate it, Deborah.
1: Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And um, like I said. You showed me the way, uh, a, 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 in a in a lot of ways, about what I could do to to have some impact in in the elevating voices mm-hmm. space, and um, I just really do appreciate that. And everyone should visit Fortis on the Project Peacock platform as long as you're in there. I'll give you a plug since you haven't Thank you. had any plugs today. <laughs> Thank you so much again.
0: Thanks, Deborah. Please make sure that you like, share, subscribe. Let's spread the good news and the joy that packaging can be in the world. You can find this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We appreciate the ratings and the comments and the sharing. It's only gonna keep getting bigger because packaging is awesome.